Hello friends, I'm Amanda Barr and I'm Rebecca Lou Brennan and welcome to Dance Principles United, the podcast. Together, we are passionate about helping studio owners with the business of running their studio. Join us as we talk everything from marketing systems, studio culture, motherhood, life and everything in between. This is the Dance Principles United podcast. Well, hi, friends. Happy Monday. Welcome back to the Dance Principles United podcast. I am so excited to introduce to you my friend, Sarah McSweeney. Sarah is the owner of an incredible gym. Yes, I said gym, a little bit different to dance studios, a gymnastics school um, in Melbourne called Diamond Gymnastics. Hi, Sarah. Thanks so much for joining us. Hello, thank you so much for having me and for the invite. Ah, I'm so excited that we finally lined this up and got it together. This is incredible. Would you like to tell everyone a little bit about yourself and about your gym? Yeah, absolutely. So I opened our gym um, when I was in my very early 20s back in 2016. Um, So obviously um, year three and sort of four for us were smack bang in the middle of COVID. Um, Uh, Melbourne COVID, which is so much worse than anybody else's COVID (laughs) life. Yeah. It was a journey, but we definitely learn a lot from it. Um, So we have all different kinds of programs. We run recreational and competitive programs. Um, A massive part of our gym is our preschool programs for our under fives. They probably make up a good at least third um, of our gym. Um, but yeah, we do do all sort of categories, boys and girls. We only do female competitive, um, but yeah, that sort of gives a bit about us. Amazing. And tell us about uh, the size of your gym. What kind of makeup do you have of preschool versus rec versus comp kids? Mm-hmm. How does that all work? So it's probably our comps are definitely our smallest. Um, mm-hmm. We've probably got five squads. We call them squads. I'm not sure what you call them in dance. Um, <laughs> it's a little bit different <laughs> um, across um, sort of multiple levels and mixed mm-hmm. levels. Um, but then between our recreational kids and our preschool kids, it's probably split 50-50. So we have a program director for our recreational program um, for our five to eight-year-olds. Um, that's probably a third. And then we have another third that probably sits within our um, preschool program. And then it's sort of a mix of older kids after that. So Amazing. that sort of gives you a bit of a blend of sort of where yeah, our programs are at. so good and lots of kids and a huge waiting list as well yeah yeah we do have a, a an extensive waiting list um i think part of what we do is we cap out keep our gym quite small um and make sure we have low class ratios that has led on to having longer waiting lists which um we are hoping to alleviate with some plans in the future yeah. um you know we're always working towards those things but i think also covid backlog is always going to happen as well yeah, for sure. But oh, how nice to have waiting lists. I've been working with Sarah for a while and she doesn't need to market. Isn't that just the dream? She barely needs to do much marketing because she's got this incredible waiting list, which is what our absolute dream would be for all business owners is just having people wanting, hearing about the amazing things you're doing and, you know, banging down your door to try and get into classes. Yeah, we feel really lucky. We definitely know it's, you know, a great thing it can be a stressful thing at the same mm. time um, but we're we're very blessed and we know it too we feel yep. very lucky oh for sure and that comes from doing incredible things inside your business that's how that comes which is so so nice but I wanted to bring a gym owner on and I know this is called the Dance Principles United podcast but I think it's so important that we look outside our um our 
generic business model and look at how many different ways we can expand it and learn from each other, which is always so, so impressive and so exciting and inspiring. And um, Sarah does so many things that are like breaking the mold um, in traditional gym schools, um, which is exciting. And it's also ways that dance studio owners can break the molds as well, which is so good. And I think sometimes it's so great to be inspired. We we don't have to do things just because they're the way they have always been done, just because that's the way, you know, where we grew up at the studio or the gym, that's how they did it, doesn't mean it's the way we have to do it. And especially since COVID, so many things have evolved and it's such a great chance to jump in and do things differently, which you're all about. Absolutely. I think it it's definitely always hard when you see so much going on around you and, and it can be hard to feel like you're pulled in a million directions and you want to do what everyone else is doing. But um, we've definitely, I think, learned that balance of, of sort of staying in our own lane, finding what we love, what we what works for us, what's passion, we're passionate about and sharing that in our gym and trying to find different ways that we can provide the best service that we can at the end of the day. Amazing. So you do a lot of things differently. We've kind of touched on it, but do you want to tell us some specifics of what you do differently that is very different to how most gyms run and how most dance studios run as well? It's probably a couple of main things. Um, We run seven days a week. So yes, that does mean we run Sunday classes. Oh my Um, God, Sundays. Like the thought of that just makes me go, oh my gosh, (laughs) I I can't do it. I don't don't want to work on a Sunday. (laughs) Yeah. Look, um, I wouldn't have done this two years into my gym because I would have been here on a Sunday and I needed some sort of, I suppose, work-life balance. Um, But over the years, we've built up an incredible team who do work Sundays um, and obviously um, in our award rates and all that sort of stuff, they are rewarded for working a Sunday and we do try and make sure they're not working two weekend days. So most of our staff will work a Saturday or a Sunday. Um, So once we had the staff sort of, I suppose, on board with let's see where we can do this um we did open it up and we actually now only run preschool classes on a sunday um we run them sundays um 8 30 through to probably about one o'clock um and we are in discussions of expanding that so and the demand is there it's probably our most popular day that's incredible that just blows my mind that parents want to come in on a sunday so like how many classes are we talking that you run on a sunday um, there's four, four different age groups we run across the Sunday. Yeah. Um, so I think in our area, we have a lot of working families that work. We're an hour from the city that travel and commute throughout the week. Um, they want weekend activities and we had Saturdays full and they will just take whatever they can get. So yeah, that's sort of how it came about. Um, and it's been so popular. That's incredible. It's funny. I was, um, talking to Nathan about the Sunday thing and going, oh, you know, I, I didn't think parents would be into it. But for me on a Sunday, you know, um, quite often I end up taking my kids to a play centre, especially when it's in winter and raining and cold. And you're obviously in Melbourne where it is quite often mm-hmm. cold. Um, <laughs> and, you know, that's what I quite often do to get let them burn off some energy. And I like it because, you know, Nathan and I get to sit there, have a coffee, have a catch up, but not feel like we're being bad parents by like, you know, sticking them in front of an iPad. They're still having fun. They're out there, you know, um, having exercise, having fun with their friends. So having it in the class, it makes total sense to me. It's no different than me going to a play gym on a Sunday morning. It's them going to a structured class and it's just what you do every Sunday. It sounds like a great idea. That's exactly right. And I think too, on the Sundays, it's a different sort of dynamic. I think too, we have a lot of um, mum and dad or mum and mum come along 
and they bring a coffee and they sit down and they hang out and they get to sort of enjoy it a lot of the time the siblings will come along and then they're off to something afterwards so it is very a very much more social thing than I think sort of during the week when everyone's in that rush um so that's been really nice to be able to facilitate that dynamic as well yeah that is so nice and like especially if you're somewhere with a nice coffee shop that the parents can hang out and they can catch up and do those that can be so so incredible I love that idea so how do you make that work on a practical level because you said you're not there Sundays I am not there Sundays um we have um beneath me in our gym we have two program managers Mm. um who also work as our night managers so one of them is always on um whether I'm here or not um and they can pretty much do everything I can do on a daily basis that's the way we've sort of run that um the world won't fall apart if I'm not at the gym and I wanted that to happen because I don't like being stressed and I didn't want to be stressed when I wasn't here Mm. um so one of those program managers um or like night managers we call them works a Sunday and she sort of runs across the day and that sort of thing she'll call me if she ever needs me but like I don't think I've ever been in on a Sunday actually to think about it yeah I don't think I have um so they're great and look it was definitely a change um, to go, okay, a whole day is going to run in our gym and I'm going to take a step back from that. It's You've definitely got to release a little bit of control, um, mm-hmm. but it's been good. I've, I've learned that gym's not going to burn down if I'm not there. That's fine. <laughs> Amazing. That is so, so impressive. I love the idea of Sundays. And, you know, if you've obviously got a demand for it and it's working for you, that's so incredible. That's so, so exciting. So what else do you do that is different I know not just Sundays but the way you structure your whole year is different mm-hmm. to how most gyms and how most dance studios work too do you want to tell us a bit about that yeah yeah so we don't stop for school holidays um mm-hmm. sort of termly school holidays we do take a three-week break over Christmas yeah um we did change that probably two years into having the gym I think for me from a business point of view it didn't make sense it was like school stops why do we stop like it I couldn't work out the reason behind it. Yeah. Um, so we did, it was supposed to be 12 months, but with COVID, it was like a six month trial. Yeah. Um, we sat all our staff down and said like, hey, what do you think of this? This is kind of what we want to do. Um, and for them, a lot of our younger staff are casual as well. So every 10 weeks, they'd have two weeks off work and they might do a little bit of holiday program, but sort of they weren't having any income. And, you know, when they're a lot younger, it probably doesn't impact them too much, but our sort of 16, 17 year olds that, are really relying on that income were struggling so they were on board pretty quickly which is probably the thing I was the most worried about Mm -hmm. um we trialed it we put it out to our families and said we're going to give this a go um and we haven't looked back it's definitely um something to get used to though because everyone is used to having two very relaxed weeks after sort of 10 weeks of work um but we all all of our full-time staff know they've still got a week in the year where they want to take their leave and they still go off and have that week off, even if it just means they're at home and they don't come into gym for the, that time. I think that is still balanced and that's still really important, but yes. it just doesn't have to align with the school holidays. Yeah, I love that idea. And I know a lot of swim schools are moving to that model as well because a lot of parents are bored with their kids in the holidays and don't know what to do to keep them active, to keep them engaged. And the kids are just you know, bored at home. So being able to do that yep. is so incredible for them. So how does that work um, on a structure thing? They don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. They pay weekly and they have to pay all the way um, across those weeks. 
Yes. So it is non-negotiable. Um, yep. That was, I think, the biggest thing in integrating something new. It was like we're all on the same page. There is no options here. Yep. Um, we did adjust our makeup class policy at that time. So mm-hmm. we do offer now 10 makeup classes across the year. If you want to use 10 in a row and you want to go on a three-month holiday, go for it. Um, you accrue those sort of makeup classes and you can use them later in the year. Um, but it also works out that if they have the two weeks of every school holidays off, they have more than enough makeup tokens to cover that. So we felt like we were giving them the option. Um, yep. And that's something we hadn't done before. We hadn't done sort of structured makeup classes where they slot into someone else's class before. Mm. Um, but it's worked really well. Um, you know, it sort of forced us to change the way that we looked at it. And I think it provided a lot of flexibility when people came back from COVID and a lot was happening with their families, either isolations or they decided they wanted to go and travel because we're in Melbourne and we weren't allowed anywhere. Um, they had that option as well. So when they came back from their mid midterm holidays they had holiday classes that they could come to and just go to normal gym during the school holidays so yeah amazing um and I don't know the makeup class thing has always scared me because Mm -hmm. I worry that you end up having all of these kids rock up to this class and it's too much to handle do you find that a lot of people use the makeup classes or what how does that actually you know obviously that's the policy but how does it actually work yes yeah it scared me too that's why Mm. we didn't do it the logistics of it um worried me and i didn't want to offer a service that we couldn't fully then provide a great quality of yes um so it does work but we are very strict about it so Mm. they're pre-recorded absences only they're not last minute absences they do have to be two hours before class so if you pick up after school and you've got a five o'clock class you can still record that you know you're going to be absent that's fine we also figured all of our preschool classes start at 10 if you record it by eight o'clock, you're generally up and know if you're not going to make class that day. Yes. Um, we they they do log on through our customer portal and, and put them in that they're going to be away, and the class teachers can see that. Once the role's been marked, they get a makeup token that automatically goes on their account through iClass Pro. Um, mm. They have a three month expiry, so they don't sit there all year. They are sort of forced to use them. In the way of take ups of them, I would say it's probably sixty forty, so sixty percent are really onto it and want to use their tokens. Yep. Some people just don't really care. They don't mind about it. They go, oh, that's okay. Yep. Um, and I think that's part of Sunday classes too. So our preschool program know that if they've got kinder every other day, a Sunday, there is an option there for them. Mm. Um, and because people are so good at recording their absences now, we know where we've got a spot to slot you into as a makeup student. So we're still staying within our ratios. Oh, nice. Okay. So, you know, and yeah, sometimes yeah. not every class is available and all of that kind of stuff for makeups. Yeah, yeah. And so what about yeah, like, yeah. what, how many kids show up in the holidays? Like of your normal class, how, what sort of percentage actually show up in the holidays? I would say it depends. The Easter holidays are always much quieter. Um, because oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I think having the public holiday then, parents have the same time off. So they do quite often go away and we are in our area sort of close to a lot of great places to holiday so mm-hmm. quite often easter is a lot quieter um regular school holidays i'd say we probably have a 70 percent attendance okay. and then the children that don't attend it's probably half record the makeups and half don't don't yeah okay so across yep. the board about 70 percent of kids come so they're still pretty decent class sizes yep. like it's still yep. great it still would have the same atmosphere because that's always been my concern as well that like you mm-hmm. can't progress forward with the class like if no one's there and it's a bit yeah yeah awkward a kind of a we, vibe yeah i think we also know their holidays and we do do a little bit different so we might you know run an extra game or two classes you know, might do something a little bit different for that day. Mm. So we do make it a little bit exciting for them. Yeah. Um, 
but also they just they love gym a lot of the kids and they don't want to stop for the holidays and they want to come and I'm sure it's the same with dance they want to see their friends and they've probably been at home all day and they want to come and hang out in the gym for a couple of hours yeah I love that idea I think it's so it's so different to look at it that way and you know as a business it makes so much more financial sense than shutting 13 weeks of the year or 12 weeks or whatever you do in um, your business it is such a huge amount of money to be outlaying um, for rent when you're not open as no other business in the world would ever do that so I think that's such a great idea to just to, to keep operating well, that's it. Gyms don't like regular workout gyms don't close just because there's not many people attending over Christmas. Like, yeah, I think when you've still got all of these outgoings and gyms and dance schools and things, you know, they're expensive on the daily. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> there, there's a lot of outgoings to keep this place alive. So yeah. it, it just didn't make sense from that income point of view. And we've, we've noticed that massively um, changing that over. It's, it's so worth it. Like give it a go just for once for holidays and see how it goes. Amazing. Um, did the parents yep. kick up a stink when you tried it or were I they all pretty on board? One reply saying that we don't want to do it. Not one. That's incredible. We all of our students. We obviously changed the makeup policy around the same time. So we explained that very that clearly. Helped. They didn't have yep. to come with anyone to. Um, and that we'd be very flexible with booking in those makeup classes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not one, not one, nothing. That's incredible. And obviously that comes with, you know, and even if you're, you know, I think I I know that some of my parents would have a problem with it. Like I just know that. Mm -hmm. But I think it comes with training parents as well and explaining your why behind it. And sometimes, you know, parents might be like, oh, I don't like it. That's how we've always done it. But the new parents don't know anything else. So moving forward, it's such a great thing. And I know um, Beck, who's normally on the podcast with me, um, she started it just with preschoolers because the preschoolers, yep. they started that way and they don't yep. know anything yep. different and they're moving forward in their business. That's the only way it's going to be. And that's they're all okay with it because that's how it's been since they started. I think especially with preschool, we had sort of our kids who are not in four-year-old kinder, they'd be like, oh, is it school holidays? Like if they don't have school-aged children, they didn't even know when the school holidays fell and they were like, oh, okay, we've got two weeks off gym. Like it didn't. Yep make sense for them either so that's yeah. a great place to start oh for sure especially daycares don't close or if they do it's only two weeks over christmas or whatever it is so yep. yeah just to yep. keep in line with them is amazing i love that so many great ideas um to do and something else you do a little bit different in your studio as well you break the mold in terms of your training do you want to yes. tell us a little bit about that yeah, so this is relatively new and it's something I think we've been working a little bit together on. Um, we in gymnastics, and it's probably a little bit different from dance, have sort of accredited courses that happen through Gymnastics Australia yes. and that qualifies our staff. Um, and look, they're great. They're one or two days and they're fairly brief though for their new to come into the gym and um, coach things that in gymnastics can be quite dangerous as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just felt like we could support our staff a little bit better. Um, so over the last few months, we've been working really um, hard to put together a more formalised training system um, and stages that they would progress through. Um, and it will all be online. They'll be able to do that from home and there'll be some sort of in-person days as well. Mm. Um, but it's something that's designed to be done over 12 months, sort of one day a month together in the gym or online through their online portal. Um, so they can work through that and feel like they're a little bit more confident. I think we quite often think that you're going to go to a course and you've done dance or you've done gym so you'll know how to coach and it's yep. very different. Yes, just because you're a good yep. dancer or a good gymnast doesn't mean you actually know how to teach the children the skills. 
and I think there's soft skills as well. It's parent communication, it's communicating with children, it's class management, it's what happens when something happens in class. How do we deal with that? You know, and our first aid course um, that all our staff do yearly will be integrated into that as part of finishing that. So um, it's teaching them also about being an employee because a lot of these young kids coming out of school and mm. they haven't been an employee or we're their first employer and they don't know about things about timesheets and wages and, you know, leave and how that all works. That's incredible. So you're doing all of this in-house training, but offering it online, but it's specific to your Mm -hmm. gym. It's not. Yes. And I think that's what the big difference is because there are so many incredible uh, training programs for gymnastics, for dance, for everything. And that's really, really valuable. But having it so specific to you and taking the time to put that together to support your team, that's a game changer. Yeah, I think it is. I think when you're talking specifically about your own gym and everyone has things they do things differently. Um, everyone has different values and how they make decisions. And I mean, a massive part of what will go out to our staff next year is a, a section just on our values and how to integrate them into our classes and things like that. For every place that's going to be different, but if we can try and educate them about what we want to see from them a little bit more, then they can reflect that back to us. And at the end of the day, they're going to be a better employee and we can be a better employer for them and understand their needs and wants a bit better as well. Oh, that's incredible. What lucky staff you have to be given so much training and you're going to be able to recruit such amazing people. And, you know, like you you touched on before, and I know that that would have given a lot of business owners like shivers up their spine talking about, oh, that you've never been in on a Sunday, even though you have all these kids coming in that you've never actually met or seen. Mm-hmm. But if you're giving them those um, tools through training, like that's incredible because you know that they're going to be um, in line with your values. You're not just, you know, not just doing a day, a year or a couple of hours here and there. If they're doing a really good, solid amount of training, at least that really helps give you the confidence and them the confidence and you can all grow together. I think it is. It's that confidence for them to make a decision. And we always say like, you know, your decision may not be what I would have decided if I was there. But if it's aligned with our values and it sits within that, then I understand why you've made that decision. Yes, we might have a follow-up conversation saying, you know, let's do this differently this time, but it gives me the confidence and it gives them the confidence that they can make those decisions or, you know, change things the way that they need to to get through that day. Um, And I do have every confidence in them that they'll be okay. That's incredible. Congratulations on putting that together. That's what lucky team members they are. I love Excuse me. Oh, lost my voice there. Had a moment. <laughs> Had some corn chips. <laughs> Look, I love them just as much. Like we, we're very lucky to have the staff that we have and I definitely couldn't do it without them. It's not a one-man show. It, it's a big team. Um, but, yeah, it's a combined effort. All right. Just jump back in there. After Sarah laughed at me having a <laughs> full-blown coughing attack, choking. Very supportive. <laughs> You were very supportive as I was choking there. So excuse me for a second. Um, But um, Sarah, that's so incredible that you do that for your staff. It is um, so impressive. And I love seeing people do things differently. Like, did you decide to do all these things differently because you'd been listening to clients, because in you just thought it would be good to try something else because you wanted to make more profit. What was the reasoning that you sort of went through these um, different ideas and stepped away from the mould? I think I just tried to think about what made a bit more logical sense. I'm trying not to, I've always believed so firmly in anything you do in life. Don't just do it because everyone else does it. Like, what do you want to do? What are you passionate about? You know, 
what makes you happy? Um, and I think I sort of took that into the gym when I opened the gym and went, what makes sense for our gym? What makes sense for our business model and what makes sense for our staff and the types of clients that we have? Because everyone's service is a different area. Yes. Um, and that will change, you know, in some areas, Sundays might not work because of the area that you have your school in. Um, so I think and it, it's hard. It is really hard to do things differently sometimes. Um, and it's also really hard not to look around and go, oh, we want to do it all. Um, mm. So I think it was it was listening to the feedback. Definitely. Um, it was floating ideas before they became definite through a few really close um, families have been with us for a number of years and sort of hearing their feedback first mm. um, and also listening to our staff. That was a year-round classes came a big part because we wanted to provide a, a great workplace for our staff and ongoing employment. That's amazing. That is so, so good. Um, and how has that been received? It, like, do you go to gym comps and people go, why do you do that? And like, do they receive it differently? Or do you just have your blinkers on and have no idea what everyone else thinks and just stay in your own lane? Um, I don't, like, I, I think it's hard. It is hard mm. to be different, but I also think there definitely is a shift in, and I'm sure it's not just gyms, in moving away from how things were done when things were maybe a lot more community club based. Yes. Um, there's a massive growth in privately owned gyms now. And I think when people have to make it a profitable business, as well as a great place for your community, it does change the way you think about it. So I do think it's starting to ripple through across the board and people are understanding that everyone's going to do things a little bit differently. Um, and the gym community is quite close. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of fellow gym owners um, and we have those conversations and I'll ring them for help and assistance and stuff like that. So mm. it's not a way of I go and I feel judged at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, it is hard to be different. Oh, for sure. It's always hard to be different and to be the first one and um, doing things that little bit different. But it's exciting too. And I love what you touched on about moving away from that club you know, non-profit model. And I know that that was a big thing in gymnastics and not so much in dance. However, I still think a lot of studios still have that mentality um, around it that it is. And and so do clients. Some clients like, isn't this a club? Isn't this like my netball club where they, mm -hmm. you know, that the profits just go back into it, but we're privately run businesses and we need to be acting like it and making choices that allow us to sustain that as well, um, sustain that financially, um, emotionally for our staff, for our team every in every way. Absolutely. I think too, like I still put myself in our client's shoes on the daily and go, how mm. would this feel to them? Is this the right fit? Especially through COVID when we were closed for so long, um, I would say quite often to my staff, what do, if you were in their shoes, what would you want to hear from us? What mm. would reassure you? What would, you know, get you through these times? So it's definitely putting yourself in their shoes, but also at the end of the day, like if I can't run a profitable business, there'll be no gym, there'll be no job that, you know, there won't be anywhere for people to come. So, and it's a balance. It's, you know, sort of going between those and I don't want to lose the feel of a community, but we're also not a non-for-profit yep. football netball community centre either. Yeah, and you got to do what's right for everybody involved, all of the stakeholders. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. It was so great to hear about a couple of those ideas. I think they're so different um, and so unique. And hopefully we've inspired some of you um, to think outside the box, whether it's these ideas or other things that you've been wanting to try. Give it a go. I love it. Um, but thanks so much for joining us, Sarah. It's been amazing as always to chat with you. 
Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on. I was a little bit scared when you first asked me if I was honest. I was like, do people really want to hear what I've got to say? But it was so lovely and I always love chatting with you. Thank you. Oh, amazing. Um, check out Sarah on um, Diamond Gymnastics is uh, the Instagram. Is that right? Is it just Diamond Gymnastics? It is Diamond Gymnastics Club on Instagram and Facebook. Amazing. Thank you so much. We can't wait to chat to you again next week on Dance Principles United. Yeah.